Dallas. I am Giovanni. And this is Black in Session. We're back for another week. How are you doing, Giovanni? Giovanni's got a nice little haircut here. You know, you know, summer's coming. <laughs> Trying to get myself a little poppy by looking like a poppy. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm good. I had a pretty good day today. It's like I'm want the school year's winding down. I have three weeks left or a little less than three weeks now. So today I got to get a good idea of what exactly the road to the final day of school is going to look like. And there will be many battles, but I shall slay and conquer all challenges before me. So needless to say, I feel great. Okay. How are you doing, Dallas? Tell us. I'm great. So as you know, I just bought a motorcycle and I've just been practicing with it. Um you know, it's so funny how people are like so quick to be like, oh, my God, it's so dangerous. But I think I think there's a category of people who ride motorcycles. It's like, you know, people who are like the speed demons, people who are, you know, midlife crisis. Yeah. Driving really fast, drunk driving, stuff like that, because it really is. It's pretty easy, actually. It's not that hard. And like people who are pretty respectful for the most part. So I haven't had any issues, um, but I could see how if I were like speeding all the time like if you get hit you get hit like i it's almost it's, to me it's like zen like it's like a meditation as i ride because every now and then i have this thought like oh i don't have a seatbelt. if i hit something i fly off the i fly off the bike like and so it just makes me like live in the moment in a way it's hard to explain but basically like i don't know you just i don't know like zen is the only way to describe it that feeling it's like this is a pretty dangerous thing that i'm doing and that makes you feel zen it makes me feel zen exactly the threat of if i hit something i fly through the air makes you feel zen exactly it's like riding a wow like this metaphor keeps working i say riding a, i always say it's like when i first got on a motorcycle it felt like riding a dragon because if you let go of the clutch like if it, it feels like a beast that's like wanting to go and you're holding it back and so that threat, that danger, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I got I, I to gotta put it into words, but I, I really enjoy it. it. It feels, it's fun. And it's going to be my way of transportation. Like my boyfriend just bought me a backpack that's, you know, that I could put my helmet, put my laptop and stuff. So I'm excited. Hold up. Boyfriend? <laughs> You're gay? You, you did it so early, damn it. <laughs> yes. You've been missing a few episodes, but yes, we got to get you back on the, I don't know. But anyway, yes, I own a motorcycle. It's red. I love it. I named it Yahiko from the character in Nakatsuki. Love it. Um, and I'm really excited to just go to a function and pull up with my bike. Oh my God, I just pictured you pulling up like they do in like the movies and you're just like all talking all of a sudden. You're like, who's that? And you slow motion take off your helmet and whip your non-existent hair um but like the sun's hitting you and they're like oh my god um wow i'm really a white woman on the inside aren't i yes yeah i'm glad you you know the first step is acceptance it is it is but yeah. time to revel in it 
Well, I'm glad for you and your motorcycle journey. I love that for you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, love just that journey all I for ask, you. <laughs> I love that journey for you. You ride that dragon if, or whatever. Um, just be safe. That's all I ask. Because yeah. as you just stated, and I had never really processed or thought about, there is no seatbelt. And, um, wow. Yeah. Um, 56% of motorcycle deaths, uh, they found alcohol in their blood. And so I think one thing I've made a promise to myself is that anytime I go riding, I'm just not going to drink. I'm not going to chance it. I'm not going to do that whole like, oh, you know, by the time I ride, it'll be out of my system. I don't even want to chance it. So if I go out to a function, to a party, to an event, I'm just not drinking it. Drinking water, drinking lemonade, whatever else. Cause I just, I just, if I can eliminate that one thing, that'll help tremendously. I gotta say, you really are selling the desire to buy a motorcycle right now with these stats and all this information. Cause wow. So over half of them are alcohol related and there's no seatbelt. Interesting. Okay. No, Again, I, I love this journey for you. No, I, I like that the motorcycle class, they really, they talked about it. They really talked about, you know, they had to, you know, because people always talk about how dangerous it is. They're like, well, let's look at actually what that means. How many lessons or classes was this? It was a three-day class. Um, and it was a mix of Zoom class and in-person, which is riding it. <laughs> Stop. And so you just know how to ride a motorcycle after three sessions, know, one right? of which was in Zoom. Okay. I, I know, right? You are really selling this, Dallas. <laughs> I, I, Okay. Wow. You are, you look even more like Eugene Levy now. Or David. Thank you. Or David Rose. But yes, you got the look. <laughs> you got the look. You end up with a Jewish guy. I'm just, I just, I can see it. Someone who looks like, you like what's his name on um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Max. I can see you ended up with a Max. Yes. That would be so cute. Oh he is God. attractive and talented. Oh my God, that would be so cute if you end up with a Max. Well, let's just move this little show <laughs> along, okay. Um, so what brings us here today? I almost forgot. Oh my gosh. Oh we yes, about, we are. Go ahead, go ahead. Talking about the Upshaws, this hit Netflix show. I'm watching it with my boyfriend. Yes, I'm gay. There we go again. Um, we haven't finished. I want to finish it so badly, but but every episode it makes me fall in love with it even more because it's just it, it really is hitting on some great topics. It's timely. It's wonderful. I'm glad this show exists. Yeah, I had not watched it before. Um, we needed to watch it for our homework assignment, and I know a couple people mentioned that it was good and I should watch it and whatnot. And I was kind of like, oh. whenever people do that, I usually am kind of like, eh. um, and then I kind of secretly cave and I'm like, okay. Uh, but I watched it and I enjoyed it. It's still not the type of show that I would watch just like freely. I mean, I made it to the third episode. I probably will make it a little bit further, but I don't think I'll be binging this in like a, it's all it's something slow and a little mindless to watch. I'm not into the sitcoms as much anymore currently. Um, and it's very much like that, you know, laugh track, corny jokes. Um, situation, but I will say that 
the um, leads, in my opinion, are the best part of this. Um, Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go on a pass for Wanda Sykes. I feel like it's just Wanda Sykes being Wanda Sykes with the disability. Um, And what is this? She just has this cane and it's just like, so what? Wait, so how far did you make it? Because they give you a little more context in the third episode. Oh, no, I'm, I'm like, we're way on like episode six. I don't remember. Well, yeah, so apparently she got into like a nap. She fell from like a plane or something. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing something like that. Um, like, okay, just throw that in. Right. There. But I was at first, when I first was watching, I was like, did Wanda Sykes get hurt or was she always injured? <laughs> and like, but no, but on Blackish, she would just walk into the room. Um, but I, I just feel like uh, it's Wanda Sykes being Wanda Sykes. And you could say the same thing about Mike Epps, but he's being a little different. So, and then Kim Fields, I mean, a true treasure of American society. You have to keep watching it because she has one scene where she just like is really upset. It just felt real. Like she just like pulled from her life experiences and just lately, you know, you just can she imagine. She probably them. pulled from when Kenya Moore pulled her chair back in Real Houses of Atlanta. I know that flew over your head just yeah. now, but the listeners know, If I hope. Um, I have to admit the kids... It's not working for me. No, I agree. They they have like a little one-liner and run off, and a lot of times it just doesn't land the same way. They need to have the kids because that's part of the show, but... The kids are so forgettably blah. Like, every time the oldest daughter appears, I'm like, oh, right, you are the older daughter. I forget, too. <laughs> and I'm I just like, they too. couldn't find children that looked a little closer to them. And then I've never been one who's been into like the youngest child being like, oh my God, I'm like seven and infantile and they don't know what to, I just say cute things, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> the son, I get what they're doing there, that's fine. But again, forgettable. Like if you told me, think of all the like child actors from sitcoms, these kids are not gonna- Never gonna be on that show. list. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need more um, Marseille Martins. And the older son, who I'm calling it now is what I believe to be a homosexual. Um, he's cute. Where I'm curious where you get that from. Where do I get that from? Yeah. Well, this is probably going to be politically incorrect, but this is my truth. Go ahead. From the first scene, I don't know if it's because I'm picking it up from the actor himself being a homosexual or they are, or he is playing him to be a repressed homosexual. Whatever it is, I am getting homosexual vibes from him, even the way some of his mannerisms, and not in a stereotypical gay way, but it's just like, hmm, that read, that read a little, you know. Yep, gay gaydar, even through the screen, damn. That. Look, I once in high school, my friend showed me a picture of his hot older brother, and I was like, hmm, you think he might be gay? He was like, no. Two years later, he's like, so you were right. <laughs> Boom. And no, I did not get to hook up with his hot older gay brother. Travesty. I wanted that for you. (laughs) But overall, I enjoyed the show. It's cute. It's got a message, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely better than that Jimmy Fox atrocity that came out a few weeks ago. Um, Yeah, that that just came and went. I was like, okay, y'all could have done better with that. I mean, you know, again, it gave us a nice visual with his dick print, but beyond that, which I'm like, no one said anything about that, but anyway. I think nobody wanted to say anything. I don't think about it. Or like, we're just gonna, I feel like an assistant noticed it 
and was too afraid to say anything. It's like, I'm just going to just keep going. So, yeah. But anyway, so Upshaw's, uh, we're talking about fatherhood. Because my favorite thing, well, one of my favorite things about the show is just how Mike Epps' character, I don't remember his name. Just how, like... Benny, I think. Benny, Benny, that's right. Yeah, just starting off, he is a nigga. Like, you know, just has kids from multiple women. Not a great father. You know, not very present. Doesn't show up for birthday parties. Um, but at the beginning, I forgot, what is it? What happens in the pilot that makes him be like, oh, I need to be a better dad? I don't remember. He goes to the son's birthday party and realizes this is just a an, a function. And his son is like sh- shooting dice. And like some guy is like, hey, go run to the corner and get me like cigarettes and like Crown Royal. And he's like, what? No, my son is like not even 13 or something like that. Oh, and he sees uh, how his, his son might end up just like him. And it was also just not being parented yeah. appropriately. Yeah, so seeing uh, seeing yeah. that, him in that environment, like, woke him up. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I think, yeah, I just think him having, you know, just, again, like, this is something that exists. This is something that's a stereotype. But, again, it exists. You know, you see it all the time, deadbeat fathers. I know so many black friends, male and female, who just don't have a relationship with their dad. And to see this type of character, but like him deciding to be different and be better is very interesting. And then you also get into like the di- the different dynamics. Like, again, I just, I just could not do it. I really could not do it. You know, like they separated. They took a break. I don't know. They, I don't know exactly what the what happened. But like while they were still together, he had a baby by another woman. And like he's trying to bring that. That's the youngest son, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so he has two to... sons. He has the older son, and then he has this out of wedlock son. Yeah. So he tries to bring that son around, and Kim Fields' character is like, "No, like that's not my son." And I just, I get that. You know, I just couldn't imagine being okay with that. You know what I mean? I mean, she's not really. I mean, I'm only on the third episode, so maybe there's more evidence for you to feel that way. But I feel like she she's not thrilled, but she's not actively being like, uh-uh, no. I think she feels more that way about um, the mom. Yeah. But I get that. <laughs> and also, that's... Bless you. Thank you. And that's also... Um, I don't know. It's just like a very unique relationship that I never want to experience. Like, you're the partner and you have to deal with the baby mom or baby daddy, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, engage with this person. Like, you know, like, just, like, hanging out with your partner's ex because they share a child, you know? And you're, like, now with the partner, so you co-parent the child. It's just, that's plenty of opportunities for drama, you know? I always wondered what makes that difficult for people. Um, I get you're right. Like it could it could be. I think it just it. There's so many layers to it because a lot of times it's portrayed this way, and a lot of times in reality it is that way. Where the baby mama has heat towards the current the current girlfriend. Maybe he she still has feelings for the man. She wants to get back together. She doesn't like the way you know she thinks that the 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 new partner is going to talk a certain way to the child. You know, there's just so many opportunities to be immature about it. So I think when you come with that energy and then other person responds, I think that, you know, it was 
plenty of opportunities for heat. But you're right. It could just be like, we didn't work out. That person has to like close that in their mind. It's not going to happen. We did not work out. I really want to take care of this child. You are just another adult who is in this child's life. Hi. I want to get to know you. Simple as that. Yeah, because I think about like, there are people who, you know, okay, I'm dating this guy, but he already has a kid and him and his, you know, baby moms are not together or anything. But that initially just the idea that like, oh, he has a kid already with someone else, like immediately is just like, oh, well, I can't be, I can't do that. Like we already come into with these preconceived notions of, baby mama gonna be hostile towards me and do all that um and i always wonder like where does that come from especially if you haven't even interacted with said baby mama yet right um and i think there's a level of like selfishness from people of like oh he already has a kid but if i'm if he's gonna have a kid i want it to be with me and me alone and people need to let go of that shit I don't know if that's easy for me to say just because I'm like I'm gay and yeah, I, will you don't almost, have to deal with that I will most likely never end up in this situation, but well, hey, it happened. I always it just always rings a little like I mean I can't say that if I was in a situation I wouldn't be equally uncomfortable or like have my own thoughts, but it always just bothered me how quick people are to be like I'm never going to be nobody that has kids already, whether it be a woman or a man. And I'm like, but why? You know, like, let's get to the root cause. Like, there are some valid reasons, but I feel like oftentimes people just immediately just create, like, the assumption of it's going to be a problem because nothing has happened. Yeah. Um, so could you, like, you know, like Mo in, um, in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, I don't know her love interest, but, like, he had, like, two kids. Could you, like, you date this guy you really like, and he's like, by the way, I have a son who's 12 and a daughter who's 10 or whatever. I think um, if it was a situation where he does not have like full, like the kids aren't staying with him and he's not like the legal guardian, full-time parent person, you know what I mean? Um, Sure. Why not? Like, it'll be weird at first because I, even though I'm a teacher, I don't have much maternal um, instincts in my bones. But like, again, I'm a teacher, I, I, I work with children, I, I know how to interact with kids, I just don't have a motherly side to me. Um, but if it was a situation where like, oh, you know, we have shared custody, or I'm the primary parent, and the other one, the other person is like the one that visits or whatnot, that might be a little bit different, because now I have to be a, a, a quote unquote mom. And for those of you that know me, which is most likely everybody, um, I don't necessarily want to be a mom. Um, It's something that, is the door fully closed? No. Is the door mostly closed? Yes. Um, And so purposely, willingly putting myself in that position just immediately makes me go like, woo. No, I get that. Um, For me personally, but this is also different, sorry. This is also different because, like, in the show, they were married or are married, and then there was, like, some type of break, like you said. I don't know what their situation was. And then this child was conceived, and now they're back together. Yeah. So there's that level of, like, it's not that you just have a kid with someone else. It's like you have a kid with someone else in the middle of what we have going on. Yeah, like, our that, history. Child, that child is a reminder of you stepping out, you know? Like, every time you see that child, 
I mean, you can not be that way, but for me, that's how I would think. It's like, oh my God, like this child would not exist if you did not step out. And it can be a situation where you did not step out. We were on the break. Like we weren't together and this happened. Like, I think I mentioned this last time, like with Insecure, right? Like Lauren, spoiler alert for Insecure season four slash five. Like Lawrence was with Condola. He was not with Issa. They were like talking and beginning to sort of rekindle. And Condola got herself pregnant by Lawrence. Um, but like, you can't say that like, oh, like Lisa wouldn't be able to say like, oh, like he cheated on me or he like did something because they weren't together. But like that, the reality is that like now there's this baby, which, you know, feelings, but I think it's just easy, just even the way you like framed it as like, oh, like you stepped out when it's like, sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's like we really were on a break and now we just have to deal with like, there are, our actions have consequences, whether it be like I cheated on you or we were on a break to quote Ross and Rachel from Friends. Okay, so this is going back to Insecure. It's not really related to the Upshaw situation. I mean, actually, no, it's still related. How would you feel? Complicated family dynamic. Yeah, no, how would you feel? Let's say if you were Issa dating Lawrence and he decided, you know what? I'm just not going to be, you know, because Condola said you don't have to be a part of this child's life. I just want to raise this child. How would you feel knowing that your partner had a, a child out there that he was not taking care of? Would you feel any type of way towards him if he made that choice? Like, actually, you know what? Um, Just not going to do it. Um, I think it would, it, it would be something I would think about, but I would not immediately be like, that's a problem mm -hmm. because I'm a firm believer that not everybody needs to be a parent. And sometimes the absence of you is actually more beneficial, um, Ooh. for some, for some Hold up. than it is. That is a quote. I need to write that down. Not everybody forgot to what be, I said. Not everyone needs to be a parent. I mean, I'm a teacher. I've seen it now for, oh my God, I'm aging myself seven years in a row. Um, I've seen a variety of kids. I've seen that come from a variety of different home dynamics and makeups. And the unfortunate reality is that there are people who have children, whether they decide to or not. And um, they probably shouldn't. You know, and if they do decide to have children, they decide to like raise the child themselves. And as I said, not everyone needs to be a parent. Not everybody needs to raise a child. And, you know, we have this false sense, I feel like that, this is getting a little off topic, that because you have a child, you immediately have to take responsibility for this child and be the sole responsible person. It's like, yeah, some people can do that and some people can't. And we have to be able to be in a space where we can admit that we cannot handle being a parent at this stage of our life or ever and give that opportunity to someone who does feel or who we think is actually ready or could handle that responsibility. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we don't live in that society. We live in a society where it's like, you want to have babies and shame on you for not wanting to have babies or neglecting your children unless you did something terrible. Then we're taking your baby away from you. I would say that that pressure is on women mostly like to take care of the child and stuff like that. Cause again, we have so many deadbeat fathers and it's almost like, I remember when I was walking around in Brooklyn and I saw like 
there were ads like be a dad today, like be, you know, be a dad, you know, go spend time with your child. Like the fact that they there's an ad campaign to persuade men to be fathers. You don't need that for women. Right. You don't need be a mother, spend time with your kids like that's going to happen. So like to me, it's like, wow, so wild that they their ads. And I'm wondering if some niggas gonna see that and be like, yeah, you're right. Let's go spend time with my little nigga, you know, like. <laughs> It's all subliminal, right? It's like you're not going to immediately be like, oh, yeah. Like you see an ad for Burger King outside. You're not immediately going to be like, you know what? Burger King. But it's going to live there in your head a little rent free for a few days, right? Next time you get hungry, you're like, you know what? Burger King. Side note, this is, I, I love this. Um, yeah, so my partner and I went to San Diego a few weeks ago and we noticed that there aren't that many there aren't that many billboards. It's like, like when you're driving, you just you just see green and like the ocean and stuff. And apparently it's because I looked it up because San Diego was like really aggressive about limiting billboards because they wanted you to just, you know, see the ocean side and stuff like that. I'm like, it, it just felt different. And I love that. Like, you're just not bombarded with messages about like, oh, here's a new movie coming out. Oh, go buy this drink. It's just like, nope, just being there. And I think that's beautiful. But anyway, just want to say that. As a native New Yorker, that makes me feel unsettled. But yes wonderful for them out there we love that for them um i do to get a little bit back onto the topic with specifically the upshaws i do enjoy that mike epps i already forgot his name and i told you what the name was earlier mike benny yes benny i do enjoy that he is trying to be you know a better father to and he says all his kids, which I can already see things happening with this oldest son, especially if he's a closet homosexual. Like there's there's layers there that they're sprinkling and yeah. keep him in his UPS uniform, please. Thank you. Those tight shorts. Um, <laughs> short shorts. Um, but even if, even like I already see the parallels of like, oh, my son, I'm going to take care of him and be a better father for him. But like I already have a fully grown son and I'm like, oh, well. That's how's he gonna feel about this, you know? And there's a one little scene where in the pilot when they're um the they go to the party or like the 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 veterans office or whatever to do host the daughter's party and it has all like the strip decorations and they think that she's gonna hate it, but then she loves it. She's like, Oh my god, this is so cool. And she's like, I love mom, I love dad. And the older son is just kind of like, What? No, that sucks. And you just see how like defeated he feels. There's like these little subtle moments of like, there's going to be issues there where I feel like whatever the finale, if not before, they're going to have like one of those dramatic heart to heart, very special episodes, by the way. You I, weren't I'm a, there I'm, for me, I'm, dad. And now I'm gay. Um, and that'll probably be a whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with a father like Mike Epps. Like he's, again, he's, he gives me full nigga. I don't see, you know what? Oh, that'll be, that could go sideways. But because Wanda Sykes is the co-creator, I think she's gonna make make sure that it's or she made sure that it was handled in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like handled with care. Cause he does, you know, one of his good friends, Duck. Yeah. Duck is like very religious. And I'm Ah, the like, homeless man, yes. Yeah, I'm just like when he finds out, then he goes, you know, because usually it happens in the sitcoms. They go to their friends, like, my son is gay, what do I do? What is Duck going to say? And I think, again, because Wanda Sykes co-creator, I think she's going to make sure that those conversations are handled with care. And it's not, your son going to hell, blah, blah, blah. 
So yeah. But also those conversations happen too. They do. They do. Or maybe maybe Benny like checks them. It's like, you know what? That's your belief, but don't put that on me. You know, I love my son regardless. Don't or maybe duck is also a closeted homosexual, which often happens with these religious types. And he did spend time in prison. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't cancel us. There's no correlation between prison and homosexuality and religion. I mean, but there, also. there is a no, I, I, there is a correlation between homosexuality and, and religion. And then what was the other one? No. Prison. No, not prison. Religion and homosexuality is definitely a correlation. Like, I have a friend on Facebook, um, and he loves he loves posting articles that are like, pastor that condemned homosexuality is like was part of a sex traffic ring, or you know, or like reveled in child pornography or something. He always every time the caption is every time every time. Because every time, you know, it'd be the loudest ones that are like homophobic, like these pastors, like, oh my God, that's a sin. Turn around, they, you know, got male prostitutes in their house, you know? Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, Upshaw's watch the whole series, watch the whole season. I think it's going to get a season two because it's doing well. It's still in the top 10. It's a great show. Um, just a classic black family. Like you said, it took me a while to get into because I don't like sitcoms. Like, I don't. I think laugh tracks are arbitrary at this point. They did have a live audience, so those are real laughs. But it just like telling me when to laugh. I don't like that. You know, like I might find something small that was funny, but you're telling me when I'm supposed to laugh. And those pauses always throw me off because, like, if this had been like just like a single cam dramedy or comedy, like their conversation would be like back and forth. Like there was a time where you know they have arguments with each other, but then they stop for laughter. Well, you know what? That's because your broke ass, blah, 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 laughs. And then she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, it just breaks the... It's like punchline, punchline, punchline. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh. It breaks the momentum versus like a real argument, you know? And I feel like the punchline, uh, sitcom punchlines are just so like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, you can't see this, um, listeners, but I was doing like a little like elbow <laughs> thing. Like, ha, 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 right? Like, yeah. look what I just said. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the topical ones where it's like, oh, no. I mean, sometimes I'm like, huh. But like, I've, I I don't think I've actually genuinely laughed at a sitcom since like 2013. And that was How I Met Your Mother, which I feel like is a different boat of sitcom. How so? That. Well, that comes with, that, that, that was good writing of layers and like, it's not directly a sitcom in the sense that I felt like it had, um, an adultness to it you know it's 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 the same thing with like friends where it's like little kids aren't watching that show whereas even though they do curse a lot i've been keeping track of the amount of times i've heard the word shit in this show um i can easily see the family watching this show with their children and i probably would be like yeah that's fine that was interesting to me too because i was like there's nothing else that gives you adult that's why the cursing throws me off because it's like there's nothing else in the show that's like oh gratuity or whatever yeah. sexual content even yeah. even like the there's a there's a i don't want to say sex scene but like they get in bed the, the couple gets in bed like in episode three and it's yes. not it, it gives you sitcom it doesn't give you like oh mm-hmm. it's gonna be like a steamy hbo show 
So mm-hmm. nothing else gives you anything, and then every now and then it's like, fuck, shit. I'm like, oh, well, that's what? Yeah, I think Kim Fields, I think in the second or maybe this third episode, she said, like, something shit, and I was like, <gasps> not Kim Fields. And the kids, um, too. The kids and I'm going to be too. honest, hearing Mike Epps just say the N-word, like, on Netflix, I'm just like, oh. So, yeah. I feel like this is the first time I've heard it on a Netflix show or anything. Unless it was like a movie that had I'm already sure existed. Dear white people. I'm sure in Dear White People. Oh, yeah, Dear White. But, you know, Dear White People, that makes sense. I would be confused if they didn't say it on Dear White People, yeah. you know? But, like, this is family matters, basically, right? Like, yeah. can you imagine? Can you imagine? Which also, thinking about it, because I was watching, I had watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air um, reunion thingy that they had a few months ago and they p- talked about that writer's room being basically a bunch of white people and then i'm thinking well damn what were the writer rooms for family matters and the cosby's and all these writers. other like shows that were of an like there was like a moment of just like non-stop black sitcoms which you know one day hopefully we can get back to but not just sitcoms um but I'm like, whoa, who is writing these shows? It's just wild to me. No, it's I, wild. No, I get that too. No, um, I think it's interesting that back then, like, authenticity wasn't important to them. Like, oh, we need to have writers who reflect the background of the characters. That was not. It's like, I'm white. I can write anything. You know, it's, it's people. Well, because I think they would, then would rely on the actors to bring that authenticity, no, and, which is something they highlighted they in that, the... Um, yeah, in the reunion yeah. special, like, we have to, like, know who's, who talks like this. And I do think... <laughs> Black people don't say that. I do think that's, on the one hand, that's a good thing, because it's, like, creates this, like, collaboration and, like, ownership from the actors. But I think the material from the beginning should already be, like, off... You know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't be worrying about stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think, you know, the industry definitely had, like, if if people found out about that now, you know, like, oh, all the writers are right on the, white on the Upshaws, like, there would be an uproar, so. And I'm not saying that there needs to be an all-black writer's room. I mean, yes, there should be, because there are all-white writer's room already. The majority, yeah. All the, all you know? The um, and I don't think, but I don't think all... I don't necessarily think that a black show needs to have an all black writer's room. It would be great. Um, but I think it's just interesting to your point of like, there needs to be some level of authenticity um, and diversity and what type of black people are in the writer's room because, you know, it's not a monolith, right? Is that, is that the phrase? I don't know. I went to school. No, oh, yeah, it's not a monolith, which I need Hollywood to like really show and and it sucks because also I think black cre- a lot of black creators lead in like they lean into that it's like oh it's about race okay so we're gonna give you more gangsters you know it's about race where someone got shot by the police like I want to see like black people working in advertising you know or something like just something just different you know yeah. black which is why I think I'm a little excited for the show we were talking about earlier before we uh, started recording uh, from Lee Daniels I already forgot the name of it I don't even think I know the name, I of, it. Know the name of it but it seems like it's going to be a family drama in the vein of like a this is us kind of thing and I don't I can't immediately think of a sh- a black show that is in that style at least not within the last 10 years or so 
Um, oh, maybe Soul Food. Soul Food, yeah, that was like a family drama. But even then, that was on Showtime, I think, back like almost 20 years ago now. I don't know if you ever saw the, the show Soul Food. It was a show? Uh, based on, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think it, the, the movie happened, obviously, I think late 90s, and then they made a show on Showtime maybe a few years afterwards that just took place you know, afterwards. after the movie. That's interesting. Um, I think it lasted for like four seasons. When I started watching it's the journey of my television life, when I started watching it, it was like the final season, like final few episodes, and I was like, damn it. Um, and they did have sex scenes in there, too. I mean, they did in the movie, so they had to... <laughs> That's why we don't trust Cousin Faith. Um, we don't have faith in Faith. Yes. Oh, Daz, I love you. Uh, but yeah, last thing I want to mention about the Upshaws is, and this is the hill I'm willing to die on, I think that Mike Epps can still get it. That's not a hill. Like, that's not a... You didn't say anything controversial. He is a fine man. Like, what is he, 50? Like, he looks good. He looks good. And I think he just had, like, a baby. Like, not that long. Like, within the last year. I'm sure he did. Like, because he can get it. And he is, clearly he is getting it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I did, um, I listened to a podcast. It was actually Iris' podcast, Keep It. Um, and they had Wanda Sykes on it. And she talked about having conversations with mics and and that's where the show came from is his life like she's like oh he's a very interesting person because he does have all these kids and he is trying to be a better dad so i think it's pretty cool to have the authenticity but yeah like he he's a you think eddie murphy watching this show and thinking to be a better dad himself or because doesn't eddie murphy have like an entire football catalog of children he does i'm sure he does i do not think about eddie murphy as a as a father which is interesting i just never He's just a a man that exists in the world to provide entertainment. No, not that. It's just, I guess, because he keep. I guess he keeps it so uh, private. Like you wouldn't be able to be like, that's Eddie Murphy's child. Like we don't know his kids in the same way that like I know who the Kardashians. I mean, I don't know who the Kardashians' children are, but if I looked at one, I might be able to be like, I think. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Um, Yeah. You know, we knew Charlie Murphy, which was sad that he died because I like Charlie. He was different. But yeah, yeah, the fame had not quite um, hit him in the same way it hit Eddie. Absolutely not. But yeah, but yeah. So watch the Upshaws, really wholesome show. Um, we, you know, we have shows about like this about white families all the time. So it's really great to see this. Do you think? Do you think this show pushes the needle when it comes to representation, or does it meet our expectations? Um, I think it pushes the needle in terms of blended families and like what that looks like, you know, which I think has been a big deal since um, like the advent of modern family. Um, what's, blended, showing, like, what's blended about it? The baby mama? Yeah, it's like there's this. <laughs> I feel like baby mama is such like a, a disrespectful term. I know, but right? Like, yeah. It, I know. But it, it's, it's also like it's that like is also the, like, the, the name. Uh, um i think it's the way you say it um but baby's mother the mother of the child the mother of the child born out of wedlock um i think it's that aspect and like bringing this other child into the family dynamic right Mm -hmm. 
um, of like, what does it mean to be like a parent to two sort of, not two separate sets of families, but like, you know, two separate sets of families essentially. And yeah. So is it, is it a fully blended family? I mean, it's only one season. I'm only three episodes in, I guess I'll see. But I think it pushes envelope in that sense. And then because it is also a um, of color show, a black show, that always helps. Um, one can make an argument that it's just like reaffirming stereotypes. You can also make the argument in the other di- argument in the other direction. So, yeah. yeah, no. Do you think it's uh, moving the envelope or needle? Sorry, moving I think the again, envelope. like you know, like we always say, niggas ain't shit. You know, niggas are trash. All that kind of stuff. But hoes and tricks. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know where to go with that one. But yeah, no, I. I we always talk about like black men, you know, not being great fathers, you know, cheating and all that kind of stuff. And like, it's great to see a guy like who has been that, but he is trying to do better. So I think that's how it moves the needle. It's like, yeah, like there are men out there who may have fallen into that, but are trying to do better. They're not just like on the street, you know, just doing whatever, drinking 40s. He probably drinks 40s. Do you think Mike Epps drinks 40s? He drinks 40s. The actor or the character? The actor. In a brown paper bag, he drinks 40s. I see it. Very Honey, clearly. is the Pope a Catholic? <laughs> Very clearly. In the brown paper bag. Uh, I see his Instagram every now and then, and he's always like, it looks like backstage from something, and I'm just like, I can only imagine what the craft services looks like over here. Chicken wings. What's, what's, what's in his writer? But yes. I'm sure he does 40s, does 40s, drinks 40s. Absolutely. Which, side note, no, that's a story for a different time. I'll tell you, you're off air. It involves 40s and college and not me. Oh. <laughs> no. Like, oh, no. You just ripped the teeth out of the story. <laughs> like, no, because I remember I was going to my friend's dorm one day and then I was like, walking through the hallway and I just saw this like white girl just walk past me stumbling and she had a 40 duct taped to her hand and I was so confused because at this is freshman year like I didn't drink in high school I didn't do anything like wild I didn't go to parties that was was not my ministry she wearing blackface it just feels like no no no. (laughs) she's on her way to get the blackface oh maybe who knows (laughs) um and I remember when I got back when I got to my friend's room I was like there's a girl with a bottle of alcohol. And I also didn't really know what a 40 was exactly. I knew, like, I've heard of it, but, like, I, I again, never had it myself. It's like, I think she had a bottle of alcohol duct taped to her hand. And she said, oh, yeah, I overheard some girls earlier say that they were going to play Edward Scissorhands. And then I asked them what it was. And they were like, it's when you duct tape a 40 to your hand and, like, drink or something. And I was like, what? And I was like, wow. These are the things that my mom was worried about when she kept saying, don't go to college. Um, not the, not don't go to college, but don't go to college far away. Um, I'm like, wow. Wow. Wow, indeed. So, yeah, that's what white people be doing. Yes. Um, and also making 40-ounce rosés and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds fun. I mean, that's bad. But, like... Do black people own a, a quantity of a, of a liquid? 
was trying to think like, what do you mean a wreck is 40? Um, Cause I, I felt some type of way and then I bought it. It was, it's at Trader Joe's 40 ounce of rosé for the summer and it's delicious. But, um, well, that's the problem that Trader Joe's has convinced black people to buy from them. So then it makes it okay because, well, it's fine. It's Trader Joe's. I'm, I'm not a Trader Joe's girl. I do love their pumpkin bars in the, in the fall. A, you're but, not a Trader um, Joe ho. I am not. If I, I'm about to quote somebody, but if I can't get Doritos from there, then I don't want it. That's fair. Basic? Sure am. That's fair. Thank you. Do you have a lesson? Yeah, I think for me, the lesson that I can take away from this is, first of all, don't have kids. But mostly, I think it's just really about communication. It always comes back to communication, right, with us. Honesty, really, and just being completely forthright. Because we see in that pilot how he's trying to, like, juggle both things and, like, lie to each of the women. And when he finally comes, confesses to um, Kim Field's character, the mom, he's like, I don't want to miss his birthday party. And she's like, I don't think you should either. Like, she agreed with him. And she wasn't really mad that, like, he had to go. She was just mad that he did not tell her, like, this was a thing you had to do. Because I'm sure on some level, she would agree to, like, work something out. Maybe she would have been... Because someone suggested that they just combine the parties. And he was like, no, Hiroshima or something like that. Um, And I think it's just when you are in these situations, you just have to put everything, like you can't, especially if it's a messy situation like this, like you can't afford to to keep things in secret or like do guessing game work or just assume based on this, this and that. You, ha- you have to have clear communication. You yeah, just have to. That's going to be my lesson as well, especially like you're saying, if it's a messy situation, if you're no longer together, if there's a third party involved, like again, there's a baby mama, but you're dating somebody else, like communication is 100% essential. What weekends do you have? You know, like what are y'all doing? Like there can't mm-hmm. be, especially for the child to pick up on miscommunications, I think would be pretty disastrous, you know? Like, yeah. are you gonna be at the birthday? Who's planning the birthday? Are you gonna, you know, what do you need? You know, I think, and I think that's where not just communication, but like removing, I don't want to say removing feelings from it, but like being objective about decision-making and things like that, where it's like, cause again, I think that's where all these situations get messy is where, you know, baby mama is, you know, catty and like not forthcoming about certain things, you know, it make things, making things more difficult. The man is making things more difficult. The ne- The other one, you know, like when you start being emotional and like messy, that's what makes it so much more difficult than it has to be. Like you were saying with like Mike Epps character, not being forthright about things. Like, cause maybe he was, he was afraid of how she was going to respond. Like, no, like just say it, you know? Yeah. And I just want to clarify for the, for the audience that it is so easy for us to often like make the baby mama seem like she is the villain in this. And I've been trying to be conscious of making sure that I like also put the owner onus on the other people involved um but you know we still live in the society we live in where we immediately see the baby mama as the problem the threat the instigator of the issues and that is sometimes the case but not always the case and sometimes it is the girl the new girlfriend or boyfriend um who is a problem sometimes it is the ancient uh person that is connecting the other two 
whoever, whatever gender or non-gender they may identify as. I mean, a lot of um, times, yeah, they broke up because of his bullshit, and he's probably doing predicating that same bullshit on a new victim who is not <laughs> who is has more patience for his bullshit. A victim, yes. Um, there is one line or quote that I really I was like, ooh, this should be on a different show. Um, from I think the second or third episode where. Mike Epps's character is just like, you know, I feel like you've just been really holding things against me, but you like, you know, we we moved past what happened back then. Like, if you say we're don't and I resonate with this, he was like, don't say you're okay with something and then not be okay with it, because yeah. that is one of my biggest pet peeves. If you tell me you are good, I'm going to act as if you are good and I will not think twice. I, I hate the guessing game of like, oh, but then they said this thing and now I don't, I'm, I'm, and then you get mad at me for not picking up on it when you told me. Anyway, but then so he says that and then she says, you know, I gave like, it is a clean slate. Like, I gave you a clean slate, but it's not spotless. And I said, ooh. They don't shook the table now. I, love, I, I um, remember that moment. I, I love that, and I like. I think I, I get both people because that's fair. Like you may have been like, "I forgive mm-hmm. you," but feelings still come up, and it's like I thought I forgave you, but actually I still feel away, and that's fair for her. Like that's a, again a difficult situation she's been put in. Yeah, and she needs and some to- stains just don't go away. Yeah. It's always going to be, I mean, literally, I mean, not to make this innocent child. I was thinking, I was thinking of the same thing. I was like, I don't want to call um, a child a stain, but. I'm sorry. They're, they're, but like, the, the analogy fell apart. But you know, we, we, don't cancel us, whatever. I'll end it there. But that was my lesson. Same. And you shared your lesson, so yay. So what's our homework? So for next week, we'll be embarking on the cool refreshing lesbian river that is master of none season three three right mm-hmm. season, three? season three um i guess it's season three because it's kind of like a spinoff i don't know but masters of none on netflix lena wait basically lena wait season um if you saw the thanksgiving episode that she got the emmy for a few years ago that character basically is getting a whole season to herself of about, you said five episodes earlier, right? Yeah, just five episodes. Um, it's her and her, I believe, girlfriend, and we just sort I think of they're married. follow her. I think they're married. Oh, married? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, clearly, I have not watched it yet, but um, go ahead and watch it. It's on Netflix now. I believe it just released this weekend, and we are going to talk about it. We might specify an episode later on in the week, but for now, just watch the whole thing. It's short. It's Masters of None. Um, it's Lena Waithe. She's like an it girl person. Right. right? You said man? No, I said right, yeah. Oh, I was like, disrespectful. <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch on that I may have missed about that? Nope, that's it. Cool. All well, right. So watch uh, Master of None got, season three. Yeah. I've got nothing else for the community today. Uh, do you have anything else? All right. Well, with that being said, class is dismissed. Keep mouncing and behaving. Bye.